everybody, and welcome back to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you on this early pre-summer day? Oh, hey there, Sir Alan of the Roundtable there. I am doing uh, okay. Uh, yeah, pre-summer is here, and it landed on my face. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's hot. It was hot today. Yeah. Yeah, like mid-80s hot. Like Yeah, Africa hot. Maybe not that hot. Tarzan couldn't take this kind of hot. <laughs> Where is that from? Is that from Biloxi Blues? I think it is. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's not that hot. It's you know, still- that was a musical before it was a, a movie. No, it really happened. <laughs> it was hot today, though. You're right. I, I got uncomfortably warm at work. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Something about that place. I don't know. I'm thinking about quitting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, luckily they aren't fans of our podcast. So. <laughs> well, that's true. That's so a good I think point. You're, yeah. I think you're safe. Yeah, I can clearly make it on uh, my live from Pawnee salary alone. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, hey, why don't we talk about the podcast? Let's talk about the thing we're here to do today. All right. All right. Well, this week we're covering season four, episode 17, Campaign Shakeup. Yep. Not to be confused with a lemon shakeup at the state fair. Delicious, but no, not but the same. Not the same nope, thing. Nope, nope. We got a runtime of 21 minutes and 20 seconds. It's a standard edition episode, no producer's cut or anything fun like that. Yeah, I know. Although, you know, we had, um, and I'll talk about it more later, of course, we got like six and a half minutes of deleted scenes. I yeah. was once again compelled to assemble my own producer's Your cut. Own Frankenstein bigger version. Yeah. And I think when we're all done with this podcast, we should come back, we should pick the top five shows that we think the deleted scenes might have made a difference. Put them together and rescore them. That's a good topic. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I, I have continued to have- I don't know if this is one of them, but I think that idea holds water. <laughs> no, that is a great idea. I yeah. know you've threatened to do that a lot. Yeah, I have. Uh, so you put a yeah. lot of thought into that. I have continued to have our robots call their robots at yeah. NBC. <laughs> and it's just all ones and zeros and beeps yeah. and boops. So I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, no. Um, so- uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're making progress or not, or if they're just playing like Battleship. But here's all I can tell you: if they ever launch the, uh, you know, the extended cut, the bonus size episodes like they have for The Office on Peacock or what or whatnot, um, I, I'm just we're going to take credit for it. It was our idea. <laughs> Clearly, oh, it's the Travelocity gnome all over again. Oh my god! Don't get me started. <laughs> All right. Well, today's episode was directed and written by Dan Gore. We know that guy. We do. Yeah. We do. You know, creator of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, another love loving, a show we love. And uh, most recently, showrunner and executive producer on Killing It with Craig Robinson, speaking of The Office. Oh, that's right. Have you seen that show yet? No, not yet. I haven't either. I'm actually looking forward to it. So this was the first of two that Dan directed and the ninth of 10 that he wrote. So uh, he was a producer on 84 episodes, though. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. He'll, he'll still be involved, of course, but uh, interesting that we're getting toward the end of his writing career on the show, because I think he was probably, in my mind, getting ready to prepare for Brooklyn. Yeah, I think That'd you're be right. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll just, I'll call him tonight and make sure that was the case. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. His, his, Are you buddies? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark, why don't you give us some synopsises and we'll, we'll talk about this episode. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, I split this sucker into... Um, I said two stories. Correct. Is that is that right? Yeah. I mean, I could see where you could splinter a little bit, but it's two stories at All the right. end of the day. All yeah. right. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So my, my A story here, I have titled, Newport's Barkley is much worse than his bite. <laughs> that's, huh? that's good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good job. Leslie is catching up to Bobby Newport in the polls, resulting in the firing of his campaign manager. Ben has Leslie try to secure the endorsement of Ned Jones, president of Pawnee Seniors United. Ned is impressed with Leslie's plan to install ramps for senior citizens all over Pawnee, 
but saves his endorsement until after he meets with Bobby's new campaign manager, Jennifer Barkley, who is somewhat famous and typically works in national elections. Although Jennifer is courteous and dislikes Bobby, she later trashes Leslie on television. Leslie announces her ramp-up Pawnee plan to members of Pawnee Senior United, but is upstaged by Jennifer, who announces Bobby's rise-up Pawnee plan using electronic lifts instead of ramps, which Ned loves. What will happen? Can Ben rise to the occasion and outthink Jennifer Barkley? Who gets the endorsement of Ned Jones, Leslie, or Bobby Newport? How did JJ's Diner get a new cappuccino maker? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job. I realized that uh, when I titled my stories this week, um, they're both movie themed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I titled my A story, um, Guess Who's Coming to Diner? <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's okay. Yeah. I like yours better, though. Yeah, me too. All right. You know, what's interesting to me, Mark, and I hate to break our flow here. Oh, that but, is. Uh, well, one, we don't usually mention our guest stars till later, but I think in this case, we got to mention Carl Reiner as Ned Jones. Like, oh, yeah. Right off the bat. You I mean, got it. Comedy legend. Oh, yes. Like, I can't even imagine. I bet... I bet Amy Poehler was nervous to work with him. That would be my guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's that big I think especially Amy. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Yeah. And then the the, the, uh, Jennifer Barkley, she reminds me of that Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's all magic and stuff. And uh, I swear, the Marvel Universe, it just gets more (laughs) of its people from here. It's ridiculous. So what'd you get for your B story? B story, I entitled Hygienic Water Fountains, A Stretch Goal or Science Fiction? Chris tells Ron that with Leslie spending less time with the Parks Department, he'll need to hire a deputy director. When Ron balks at this, Chris asks him to prove they can function without Leslie by quickly finishing one major project. Ron decides to take up Ann Ann Perkins' proposal of creating sanitary water fountains, as Pawnee's citizens have a habit of wrapping their entire mouths around the spout and engulfing them like a weird fish monster. So um, yuck, LOL and yuck. Anne rallies the gang to try and brainstorm a few potential ideas, but one thing leads to another and things quickly go off the rail and everybody <laughs> gets into a huge water fight. How will this turn out? Can the gang deliver a solution to the water fountain dilemma? Does Chris end up hiring a deputy director? Will the parks department end up with a shake up? <laughs> Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Thank you. So my movie themed uh, title for my B, our B story is A Fountain Runs Through It. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I See, would have said Water Fountain World. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Although I don't like that movie. No, I don't either. No. No. So, yeah. You win. I much prefer Kevin Cosner <laughs> in uh, uh, his latest adventure on Paramount TV. Have you seen it? Oh, is it Robin Hood themed? It is not Robin Hood themed. I don't care then. No, it's Yellowstone. The show Yellowstone. Oh, with Yogi Bear? Close. That's Jellystone. That's Jellystone. Yeah. Sometimes I mix up <laughs> cartoons with real life. It's, it's eh, close enough. Close a, enough. It's been a drawback for quite a while, but yeah, we'll, we'll get through it. Okay. Okay. How about your AKAs, Mark? What'd you get on uh, the A story? Uh, a story. Well, you're assuming I did my AKAs assorting the oh, stories. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm pleased to announce I did my AKAs according to the stories. Yeah. So yeah, my A, my A story one is uh, Leslie. She she's has this habit throughout this episode of she's rather um, amorous towards Ben at yes. several uh, moments. And, and at one point she tells the camera, he's like a brilliant, sexy little hummingbird. <laughs> 
<laughs> What'd you say? Nothing. Just you're good. Um, and then from the B story, which I realize is actually kind of related. At one point, uh, Chris is talking about how, well, if you guys finish a project, we can keep from hiring right, someone right. to fill the Leslie void. And Donna <laughs> goes, I think Ben's already filling the Leslie Boyd. <laughs> so um, there, there you go. How about you? Oh my gosh. Top um, that. Yeah, I can't. Um, <laughs> my A story, AKA uh, this Jennifer Barkley. She's, she's, she's one of them shifty political snakes. Oh, them. Yeah. 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 And, and Leslie basically kind of sticks her foot in her mouth. She thinks she's doing well. And we'll, we'll cover this obviously later. But, uh, let, you know, Jennifer does the thing where they turn your own words around on you. Oh, and make you look verbal bad. judo. Oh, my God. Yep, yep. And she says, I didn't realize you were pro landmine. So oh, Leslie. I thought that was great. Because she's at every turn. She's, she's just got a, an answer for Leslie that's kind of she's not ready for. Right. Just yeah. when you think you're going to zig. She zags. And then you zog. It's even worse. <laughs> That's even worse. Yep. And then on the B storyline, um, April was my inspiration. And uh, it comes toward the end of the episode where she's finally accepting what Ron is uh, maybe going to ask her to do. And she says, I don't want to do things. I want to not do things just like you taught me. Aw. So. That's kind of sweet. It is kind of sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So put that in her memory book. I like it. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get into the breakdown of this episode, Mark. All right. We start off with the cold open. Uh, this clock's in at 69 seconds. I guess I'd call that about mid-size. It is plot relevant. Um, we uh, we start off at Nope Campaign Headquarters, a.k.a. Ben's house, a.k.a. April and Andy's house, a.k.a. the residence formerly known as Burley's, a.k.a. Trap Cab. Cab, Catch the Fever. So we see the gang. In this case, the gang consists of Donna and Tom, Jerry, Ron, Leslie, and Ben watching The Final Word with Purd. On TV with your host, Perderick L. Hapley. Love it. I love it. Perd and two guests are having a political discussion about the race for city council. Apparently, Bobby Newport's campaign is in trouble. A, his poll numbers have been plummeting. So there's, you know, that. B, they just fired his campaign manager on account of Ben was kicking his butt ski. Uh, <laughs> C, Bobby is on vacation in Spain. Hmm. And D, every time Bobby speaks, he apparently puts his foot in his mouth. An image that really cracks purred up. By That's the way. a hilarious image. <laughs> Someone's foot in their mouth. That's a common expression. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, but it ends by them basically saying, according to the newest polls, Leslie Nope is now in second place, only 15 points behind Bobby Newport. Seems like a gap they could potentially close, doesn't it? It. They're definitely giving us hope that there's hope. Well, there. Yeah, hope for Nope. Hope for oh, see that writes itself. It, it really see, does. You could take over Ben's job. I, that's what I'm saying. Well, maybe by the end of the episode, I should. Did you did you see by the way in the flash poll? Who, I did. Who was behind? Uh, who was behind Leslie in third place? Brandy Max. Brandy Max. Yeah. With this is this yeah four three. three. I, I forget how. I think it's made. three. It's triple A. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, just so we know what they're talking about there. Did you also notice that the flash poll was sponsored by Sweetums? No, I did not see that. Interesting. That is interesting. Wow. I think that's an unfair advantage. I think it is an unfair advantage. Yeah. Media bias, Mark. No, it's a Sweetums. I don't think they should be doing it. God. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Well, Mark, we opened the main episode at the Pawnee Senior Center, and things are really ramping up. Get it? Oh, waggity, maggity do. Yeah. 
So Leslie and Ben are at the, the senior center in Pawnee there, and they're trying to get the endorsement of one Ned Jones, the president of Pawnee Seniors United. And during their meeting with Ned, he asks them, well, why is Leslie better for seniors than Bobby Newport? And Leslie answers by introducing her plan to make local buildings wheelchair accessible, ramp up Pawnee. I like it. Yeah. I love the uh, the Godfather reference too, where they see he's like the Godfather, but he's old and they're calling him the Grand Godfather. The Grand The Grand Father. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's terrific. He's important and he's old. Yeah. And again, you know, Carl Reiner is so good at improv and I, you know, if you go back and watch him on Dick Van Dyke and you kind of see him there and just seeing it here, I can just imagine that, you know, all his reactions, um, I'm going to bet only half of them were scripted. I'd love to know the answer to this. <laughs> I bet yeah. you're right. Yeah. 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 Cause you kind of, when they cut back to Leslie, you can just see that she probably has just recovered. And what are you going to do? Are you going to write a script for Carl Reiner? Like, no, you're just going to no. say, sir, here you go. Yes. Here's the loose yeah. outline. Sir Carl Reiner, would you go. please just, you just respond? Do, do Whatever you thing. want to say is fine. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, over in Chris's office, Chris has a whole new perspective and wants to share it with Ron. That's a great way to put it. I it like is, that. Yeah. Having been summoned to Chris's office, uh, Ron, 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 Ron enters and he sees uh, Chris... Uh, He's like a bat. He is. He's like <laughs> he an upside is. down doing exercise. You know what? Actually, Alan, let's have Harvey play this clip. I think that's a good idea. Harvey, hit the button. You wanted to see me. Good God. What the <laughs> hell are you doing? <laughs> upside down sit-ups. Great exercise. And it literally lets me see the world from a different perspective. Isn't there a men's gymnasium where you could do that? <laughs> the world's my gymnasium, Ron. But I will stop if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Could you hold me while I dismount? Hey. Oh. Thanks so much. <laughs> In a town of this size, the Parks Department traditionally has 10 employees. You have only seven. Why is that? I work hard to make sure my department is as small and ineffective as possible. The department is so small because Leslie Nope single-handedly does the work of four people. Yep. She's already scaled back her time. If she wins, she'll be dividing her time between Parks and City Council. I'm going to have to hire a deputy director to pick up the slack. No! <laughs> Chris, that's unnecessary. The department is doing fine without Leslie. Then prove it. Complete one major project. Hey. Either we complete a government project, which is abhorrent to me, or we bring a new person into the department, which repulses me to my core. <laughs> Reminds me of when my dad made me Ooh. choose which of my pet calves to slaughter with my own hands for Aww. my sixth birthday. Aww. I couldn't choose, Aww. so I slaughtered both of them. Eh. <laughs> and they were delicious. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my gosh. Uh, Ron's backstory. So good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The Ron, the Swanson legacy just <sighs> unfolds even more. Yeah. No wonder. That explains a few things. Meanwhile, over at the Pawnee Senior Center, Leslie is ready to reveal her initiative to the Grand Godfather. I mean, Ned Jones. The Grandfather. The Grandfather. Yep, yes. yes. Leslie and Ben tell Ned all about Ramp Up Pawnee, and he seems very encouraged and impressed yeah, by what they have to to say. And he then asks them if they've heard anything about Bobby Newport's new campaign mm. manager, mm. Jennifer Barkley, who apparently is also trying to get a, a meeting with him. Uh, Leslie has no idea who he's talking about. I usually don't talk about deleted scenes, but sometimes we do in context. I yeah, think it'd absolutely. be worth it in this episode, particularly 
there's an extended version of this scene where he basically goes on to promise Leslie his endorsement. Yeah. And says this is just really merely, uh, you know, a, a formality. Uh, a formality. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. So, I mean, yeah, you're right, though. In that deleted scene, it really made it seem like it was in the It's bag. a done deal. It's a done deal. This yeah. is just, I mean, I'll meet with her. Don't, I don't even want, think twice. I wanna, don't want to be impolite, yeah. but yeah. Well, meanwhile, back at Nope 2012 campaign headquarters, Ben and Leslie finally get a sense of Jennifer Barkley, and Ben has an excellent strategy for managing her. Back at Trefcab, Leslie and Ben are doing some research on the Jennifer Barkley new campaign manager there for Bobby Newport and discover she's a real Washington hotshot and that she typically runs campaigns on a national level. She's very, very impressive. And Leslie is concerned reading all this, but Ben just kind of smiles and he tells Leslie, you know what? Newport's scared. Uh, he he must have shelled out a fortune to hire her. So Ben, who seems still pretty confident, he's not shaken by this. He suggests, you know what? Here's what we do. Let's set up a meeting with Jennifer at JJ's because we got a home field advantage going yep. there. And and not only will that give us an opportunity to size her up, but also this is going to humanize you, Leslie, and make mm. it harder for her to attack you. It's a great strategy. Yeah, that is a good strategy. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. And she does have an impressive resume. You know, she's worked with James Carville. Yep. A couple of Senate Republicans uh, done their campaigns. And most most impressively, she says there's a picture of her eating egg salad with Colin Powell. Egg salad, Alan. That yeah. is no joke. Egg damn salad. That yeah. is a political sandwich if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> good call. Well, Mark. Back at the Parks Department, Ron thinks he's found a solution to the major project challenge and is going to engage, um, what's her name, to assist. <laughs> it's not what's her name anymore. <laughs> so Anne is surprised to see Ron and April enter her office. And Ron tells Anne, using her entire full name for once, by the <laughs> way, um, Ron tells Anne that he's making the water fountain hygiene upgrade project the number one priority. And he wants Anne to spearhead it. And, oh, by the way, please have it done by, say, tomorrow. <laughs> and so Ron tells Anne to set up shop in the Parks and Rec office. And in fact, she can use Leslie's desk. And Anne is surprised at all this, but overall, I think she seems enthusiastic. She seems up for it. Yeah. I like how she said, uh, you know, Pawnee has this weird, disgusting little quirk, you know, kiss one water fountain drinker and you're kissing everyone in Pawnee, including that guy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, Alan, you know, they have a, a very interesting Anne talking head where she's describing this disgusting habit that the that the Pawnee residents yeah, yeah. have. And, and they actually show a visual of, I think, a yeah. couple of people yeah. that they just completely like engulf the, the water yeah. spout, just like they almost inhale it. Yeah. Like, their, their entire mouth is yeah. over the uh, spout. Yeah. Uh, really uh, disgusting. Uh, yeah. And did you notice the the guy? Who, who is in the, the background of uh, Anne's talking head. I, you know what? I'll get to that later. I'll, I'll save it as a surprise. I don't think I noticed whatever you're going to tell us. The, I'm excited to hear it. The, the, the advantage of being vague is I can make up anything I want when it's oh, time to fair. tell you what I was going to yeah. talk about. We'll fact check you next week. <laughs> Alan, I also just wanted to make note. Ron had, I think, one of the first things that just made me laugh out loud without control is, you know, he steps into Ann's office and says, hello, Ann Perkins. Oh. And Ann smiles at him and says, this is the first time you've said my entire name correctly. <laughs> and he says, nonsense. We are close friends. <laughs> <laughs> and Ann kind of mugs to the camera. Toink. Uh -huh. Really? <laughs> Insert name here. Oh, man. Oh, that's so good. 
Well, while Anne gets to work on the water fountain issue, Leslie and Ben are arriving at JJ's to put on a little bit of a show for Jennifer, but they may be a half step too late. That's right. Or even three quarters of a step. It's Whatever hard to, it takes, Bob. It's hard to measure steps in this place. It is. All right. So Leslie and Ben have arrived at JJ's Diner, and they are asking uh, their waitress, Marta, Marta yeah. to set up an extra nice table for their meeting with Jennifer. Because, you know, you want to schmooze a little bit there. Yeah, impress her. Only to find out that Jennifer is already there. Mm. Like, this This is really good. Let's have Harvey play this clip. I like it. Yep. Hello, Marta. We would like our regular table, but we want you to set it up a little fancier than normal because we're trying to impress someone. You mean Miss Barkley? She's already here. Last booth. Leslie, no. Hi. I'm Jen Barkley. Hi. Hi. Grab a seat. Thanks. Sorry about all these papers. I had them shipped in. I'm a news junkie. Is this in Arabic? Well, <laughs> I've been reading up on you two. Ben, it's a great job on this campaign. Oh, well, thank you. I'm Leslie. Your parks work? It's no joke. This is federal government caliber. Not to sound rude, but uh, what are you doing here? You, you, this campaign seems beneath you. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Newport's daddy called me out of the blue. I'd never heard of Bobby Newport before, but it became clear in two seconds this guy is a moron. So I was like, sorry, Nick. Your son is a moron. There's no way. And he offered me a crazy amount of money. I shouldn't even tell you how much. But I will. $250,000. Good oh lord. For six weeks of work? I know. Plus, frankly, I needed a break from Washington. <laughs> Do you know Joe Biden? Mm-hmm. He's on my celebrity sex list. <laughs> Well, he is my celebrity sex list. Oh, trust me. You can do better than Joe. <laughs> oh, no. I don't, I don't think I can. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Knew I shouldn't have met you guys. Well, I kind of hope you win. <laughs> I like it. Wow. Yeah. Mark, that's uh, first thing I'll say is that is my favorite JJ set. We've talked about this. There's probably like six of them. That one's my favorite. It feels the most cozy. It feels like a place you would actually see in Pawnee. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's probably true. Yeah. I, I like our initial um, uh, introduction to Jennifer. Yeah. It's like she seems fairly nice, wouldn't yeah. you say? And I think she actually is being sincere about being impressed by what Ben's been able to do and that Leslie is a, a solid government employee. I do too. She's gonna use it against her later, but I think she believes it. But but so far so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Mark, you've heard of the phrase "worst case scenario." Well, in this next scene, we'll get a front row seat for one. Holy hell! Yep, we're back at Tref Cab, and it's I think it's evening slash night. I think it's this dark outside. Yeah. yeah. And, and we see Leslie and Ben in the living room, and Leslie is excited about their meeting with Jennifer. It seems like. To, to Leslie that Jennifer is just doing this for the money and she didn't even like her candidate. Yeah. So this could be a best case scenario. Right. So Ben turns on the final word with Purd and they see Purd talking to none other than Jennifer Barkley. And Jennifer proceeds to cheerfully, skillfully and effectively destroy Leslie. <laughs> and at this point, with Le a smile on her face, Leslie begins to panic. Oh, yeah. Well, she says she's naive, she's untested, and she's entrenched bureaucrat who's got the stink of big government all over her. Uh, big government stink. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I need to spray for that. Yeah. Yep. And purred, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Strong words from a powerful lady. So I guess we both agree. Leslie Nope is wrong for Pawnee. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. <laughs> it's like Bobby Newport paid him to say that. It's crazy. This is a great 
great Perd episode. It is. He's cracked me up multiple times on this. Jay was terrific as a guest. And yes, uh, I wish at that time we thought to ask him about this specific episode. So maybe we'll reach out to him because he's going to be involved in quite a few of the uh, campaign related episodes again. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Well, Mark, the following morning, Ben and Leslie learned that there is such a thing as a worst case scenario, as we just heard, and that the campaign challenges are continuing. <laughs> they have um, it's probably Leslie or Ben's laptop, one of them. And, and we see remember Leslie's old commercial that she made. It was a brilliant oh, yeah, yeah. commercial. And she was like when she was Sweet a child and, yeah. and, and it really said made her stand out because she is like more more intelligent and, and forthwith than forthwith. She was better she was than better than Bobby Newport, than Bobby yeah. Newport yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, we see that playing on the laptop as showing, you know, when she was a child. But Jennifer has apparently subverted it with a voiceover that makes it not quite so adorable. <laughs> so, I am Leslie Nope, and when you grow up, I want to be a unicorn princess or a city counselor. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> not in my town, kid. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. And Apparently, it's playing every hour on every channel, and it's just that's not a bad thing. Uh, Or it is a bad thing, rather. Uh, Leslie is so angry. She just wants to go on the attack. She wants to attack her. But Ben says, calm down. Stay on point. We got to focus on getting Ned Jones's endorsement. And if they can do that, everything's going to turn out fine, right? Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. And Leslie should always listen to Ben on account of he is a man genius with a taut, narrow frame like a sexy elf king. (laughs) Do you wish I were taller? No, no, nothing. You're perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the, the Leslie Ben banter in this one's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the bullpen, we finally get a chance to see what Anne can do with this health initiative. And we learn that Pawnians, among other traits, are just gross. Yup. Yeah. Are they ever? So I think Andy demonstrates, doesn't he? He not only demonstrates, he is the he's the gatekeeper for oh, whether yeah. or not their solutions can work. Good point. So we're, what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is that we're in the bullpen with the gang and Anne's kind of there. And I, she's kind of in like an authoritative yeah, uh, she's leadership running the show. role there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she's trying to basically get some momentum for this water fountain project, you know. And the center of the room has been cleared to make room for a water fountain that they're using for testing with Andy, the official water fountain tester. And then Andy takes a practice drink and demonstrates he is very well versed in the engulf the entire spout with your mouth technique common to most Pawnians. With the goal being to keep Andy from doing that, (laughs) Anne goes around the room for ideas. A, Jerry suggests a little plastic cage that they could put around their water fountain spout, but Andy just kind of looks at it, removes it, and continues to engulf the spout with his mouth. It's kind of like what you'd put around an extension cord with a light on the end of it. Keep it from, like, busting the bulb. Oh, that's brilliant. I need to start doing that. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. That's what those are for, Mark. I have to write this stuff down. Okay. B, Tom suggests they just get rid of water fountains altogether and instead have everyone carry around the Voss Water Butler by Toomey, which is essentially a briefcase with bottles of water in it. Yeah, like 600 bucks. What a steal. Uh, April, C, April is reading a book. And tries to ignore Anne, but Anne forcefully grabs the book and throws it across the room and says, no, you're helping. I love like, it. Kind of gets in her face a little I bit. Love it. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. And D, Donna doesn't drink water. No. So she has nothing to say. Do I look like I drink water? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, back over at the PSC, which is what I'm calling it now since I can't pronounce it. Yes. Uh, Leslie is on a roll. And that's at least until Jennifer Barkley shows up. 
Oh, is she ever yeah. like literally literally well done thank you well done so at the psc that's the pawnee senior center the stage is ready for leslie and we see a banner that says pawnee seniors united candidate form hanging above a podium and no one's on stage yet and suddenly the elderly crowd hears leslie over the speaker system what what where are you and they turn around and they see leslie making her way to the stage on a scooter she's looking her jazzy and, and then and then Leslie pretends to be annoyed and confounded by the whoa hold on a second there there are stairs Uh-oh. no one told me nothing about these stairs what what are we gonna do about these stairs not a professional mountain climber that's ridiculous yeah and so then some helpers bring out a ramp oh, God, oh this is much better look at this and then she just rolls right onto the stage and she uses this as a starting point to talk about her plan ramp up Pawnee. However, before she can get much momentum, one man stands up accusing her like, you know, these ramps are for idiots because all uh, oh, you just have a worse plan, a worse version of Bobby Newport's plan. Yep. And when Aunt Leslie asks, what plan? But don't boom, almost as if on cue. It's weird. It is weird. Like it's orchestrated. Jennifer Barkley walks into the room with a microphone of her own. Did someone say Bobby Newport? And then Ned Jones is with her and 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 she's like escorting him in and. Leslie is kind of flabbergasted at all this. <laughs> I love when Ned comes in. He's like, Ned Jones is here. Say hello to Ned Jones. Make way for Ned Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he, that man can work a crowd. He can work a room. Oh, my I love gosh. It. Yeah. And Jennifer can too, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, back in the bullpen, Donna has what sounds like a good idea, but it may actually be all wet, Mark. <laughs> but don't bounce. Puns continue. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, we're back in the bullpen and the gang's continuing to brainstorm regarding the water fountain predicament. And Donna, I think, is wondering if the reason why the Pawneeans go in so close is because mm. they they have to get to the water. And water so she's like, why don't you just turn up the water pressure so they won't have to get as close? And Andy thinks, all right. And so he goes down to the where the pressure lives, which is at the bottom of the fountain somewhere, yeah. and just turns it up. And then when he turn when he turns on the fountain there to drink, it goes it's like, like all feet the away. way across yeah. the room and it splashes April. And Anne kind of, hey, 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 you know, that'll, that'll learn you, you know, good, Nick. And then April, I think, takes a little offense at that and says, hey, oh, yeah. I, I got an idea. I want to see my idea. This is what I do. And she goes up to the water fountain and takes the water fountain head and turns it towards Anne and goes <laughs> and sprays her right in the mush. Oh, my God. This isn't going to end well. No. Nope. No. The kids are getting a little excited here. Yep. Well, back at the senior center, the campaign is also under pressure and not going much better than the water fountain solution itself. Nice. Nice to have Yeah. So, yeah, back at the PSC, Pawnee Senior Center, we now see Jennifer Barkley on stage with Leslie kind of standing to the side, now accompanied by Ben. Jennifer tells them all about Bobby Newport's plan called Rise Up Pawnee. Wow, familiar. Totally different than Ramp yeah. Up Pawnee. has yeah, nothing in totally. common at all. Basically, it uses electric lifts instead of ramps. Oh, yeah. An electric lift is brought in and the crowd oohs and ahs and applauds. And then Ned Jones rides the electric lift up to the stage and proclaims as president of seniors united i endorse bobby newport leslie and ben are very unhappy ned is a traitor i'm just going to straight up say it he's a bit of a traitor he is absolutely the best part of oceans 11 and a traitor (laughs) you know mark remember the guy that stood up and yeah, he, he asked that perfectly timed question. Yeah, it yeah. just seemed perfect. He's a plant. No That's way. That's one of the deleted scenes. Yeah. 
there are two plants in the audience and basically Jennifer hired some uh, theater group from Kentucky oh, to come in. Worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. No, nothing's beneath her. Just like real politics. That actually was kind of interesting. I did like that deleted scene. I it thought just, it was good. It just adds a little flavor to yeah. it. I feel like this is one of those episodes that you add those back in, it might change my score. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Mark, as if things weren't already wet before, we come back to the bullpen to find things continue to go in the wrong direction. Yeah. We see Ron and Chris walking and talking in the hallway. They're kind of making their way towards the Parks and Rec office. And Chris is telling Ron about his interviews for potential hires for deputy yeah. director. And Ron says, no, 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 no. Will be you're not going to do it because yeah, we're no getting ready to finish up a major project. And they get to the Parks and Rec door <laughs> and they open it. Ron and Chris look upon a scene of running and wetness and screaming and chaos. It, Alan, it's like it's like if SeaWorld had a baby with Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> and the, wa the, the water fountain is uh, now constantly spraying a oh, stream yeah. of water yeah. across the room. Water balloons are flying all over the all place over the with place. reckless yeah. abandon. Donna is out in the courtyard spraying Jerry down with the hose who is drenched at this point. Tom is huddled under a table in terror, babbling the same <laughs> sentence over and over. Everything I'm wearing is suede. Everything I'm wearing is suede. Everything I'm wearing is suede. <laughs> Apparently, Ron saw the very first Harry Potter movie because he channels his inner Dumbledore he and did. shouts, Attention! He didn't and even use his wand. Everybody stops. Oh, my God. And then once everybody stopped and everything's calmed down, only then do we see Andy run across the room with water balloons duct taped to his body, <laughs> scream kamikaze and slam into Chris with a big bear hug, uh, popping nearly all the balloons, leaving behind a watery mess. And Chris, and a wet Chris, Chris looks rather wet and disturbed. Andy, on the other hand, looks directly at the camera and is just almost giddy with excitement. He's so proud of his genius. It's like he ate four pounds of sugar. Oh, my gosh. And that's what this whole scene reminded me of. If you went into a preschool, you gave every kid five water balloons, tanked them up on sugar. Oh, yeah. And said, go. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much what they walked into. Yep. yep. I agree. I agree. Well, Mark, just like the major project, Leslie's campaign is also continuing to take two steps back for every step forward. Man. So we're back at Trefcab and we see Ben reading from the Pawnee Journal, which has the headline, Nope's Ramp to Nowhere. And Leslie's worried now. And and Ben's confidence seems rattled. She's she's good. And Ben finally suggests, I I don't know, let's maybe we take the fight to Jennifer like Leslie. Maybe you could go on Purge show and, and tell him how she stole your idea. And so Ben like, OK, that, that could yeah. work. And Ben walks away kind of uncertainly to make that happen. And Leslie just kind of puts her head in her hands like yeah. this. This is things are not going well. Like He's starting to mumble to himself and his idea is pretty much weak sauce, right? It's I mean, rather weak sauce. And he's yeah. starting to sound like Milton from Office Space. <laughs> My stapler. <laughs> Could go on purge shows at the building on fire. Yeah. 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 It's pretty bad. Yep. Yeah. Things things started off so well, too. I know. Yeah. They needed some contrast, apparently. <laughs> well, back at the office, Ron has been summoned by Chris, and it appears that this particular battle may now be lost. Yeah, this is just a short little scene. April enters Ron's office and tells him Chris is asking for him. And and she also apologizes a little bit for, you know, you know the, the Cirque du Soleil scene that, that, you know, they witnessed before. And Ron tells April, 
usually wasting a day is a good thing, but this, this is the rare exception that proves the rule and that unless something happens, they may very well end up with a weird new person in the office. Yeah. Yeah. I love the last line. It says, we may be in for a good old fashioned shakeup. I thought that was a nice homage to the title, which is says campaign shakeup, but right. really in both dimensions in both. here, yep. we're having that shakeup concern. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. we are. Very nice yep. theme, thematic uh, uh, creativity yeah, there. Yeah, I thought so as well. Yep. Well, at JJ's, Leslie gives Jennifer a piece of her mind, almost, and learns exactly how much Jennifer just doesn't care about this election itself. Oh, holy cow. It is it is on like Donkey Kong here. <laughs> so we're at JJ's diner, and Leslie comes into the place, and she She's starts hot. she starts storming down the aisle towards the booth where the two-faced carpet-bagging Jennifer Barkley is sitting, and Leslie's anger is oddly matched by Jennifer's genuine cheerfulness. Oh, and she yeah. invites Leslie to sit down, and, but I'm trying to tell you, you're a two-faced carpet bagging and you're telling me I can have waffles and just stop it. I've been practicing the insult all the way over here. And so Jennifer finally asks, I sense you're mad. Why? why? What's, what's wrong? With and Leslie thing? tells her it's because she stole her idea and that quite frankly, her idea is better anyway. Your idea is very impractical. And Jennifer smiles and tells Leslie, oh, I don't doubt it. The fact is, I, I don't care. <laughs> Ramps, lifts, your plan, my plan. I actually don't care about any of this. I'm just trying to win. And Leslie continues to look at Jennifer, but I think maybe with a little less anger and maybe a little yeah. more confusion. She gets her now. She's starting to, maybe. Well, I think she, she's, she's... I don't think she knows how to take her. No, no, because she's being brutally honest. And I think she's being honest. Like, she do doesn't too. care. She just wants to win. Now, Leslie's problem is she doesn't realize how far she'll go yet. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Yeah. And Jennifer just cheerfully tells Leslie, this isn't personal. I like you, mm -hmm. but my job is to beat you. So have a seat and I'll get you some of those waffles. Mm -hmm. And uh, Leslie sits down with Jennifer. Just, I think she's quietly in awe of how a little bit. good she is. Yeah. Like at everything. Well, she goes, God, you're good. Jennifer yeah, goes, I, I know. know. Almost like, yeah, it's a burden. <laughs> but see, I don't think she's being egotistical. I don't either. She's being stunningly straightforward. She's somehow likable still. Yes. Yeah. Despite all this. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Interesting writing. Very. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, back in the bullpen, the gang seems to have regained some focus and might just be on to an actual solution. We see Ron and Chris enter the bullpen. I think they were asked there by Anne, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And Chris asks, well, what, so, hey, what's up? And Anne tells them that after the water balloon uh, uh, Cirque du Soleil fiasco, <laughs> they finally came up with a fountain idea that really works. The amazing spoutless fountain. And Anne gestures for Andy, their official tester, yeah. to come up and take a drink. And Andy makes a show of being confused. Huh? What? What? I don't know. They don't have a spout. I mean, I guess I might as well try it. And he does so. And it works. No yeah. muss, no fuss, and nothing to go and put his mouth around. <laughs> Chris is impressed. Simple, elegant, cost effective. And if they keep it up, he thinks they can hold off on filling the Leslie void. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben's already filling the Leslie void. Hey, oh. <laughs> Chris goes, I'll give it up for that. I know. As, as polite and proper as Chris is. Okay, that's pretty good. I can Look, give it up I mean, for that. Yeah. You funny, know, zing. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good job, Donna. That's, that's why she gets paid the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, jumping back over to JJ's. Jennifer is like a cat and toys with her prey a little bit, but ultimately gives Leslie some actual free campaign advice. Yeah, Jennifer's like a cat because... Um, <laughs> 
I can't make heads or tails of her. Yeah. And uh, you love cats. You know, you do. I really do like cats. I know. I know. I like Jennifer too. I don't, I like cats, but I don't like liking cats. I wish I were a dog person, but. This is this is a level of conflict I'm fascinated by. Yeah. We need to have a podcast a where you get some podcast. therapy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, so as Alan said, we're back at Jennifer's uh, at JJ's Diner. It's not Jennifer's yet. Not she yet. doesn't own it. But not yet. Good Lord, I wouldn't put she's anything close. past her. My God. So <laughs> Leslie is still sitting with her. And I think she's more calm now than yeah. she was when she first sure. arrived. You know what? This is This is really good, though. Let's have Harvey play this clip. I like it. So, what's Ben's next move for you? Oh, oh, I'm not going to tell you that. Oh, uh, let me guess. Um, you're going to attack me. You're going to go on that perm show again, <laughs> so you can tell everyone that that ramp <laughs> idea was yours. It's purred, first of all, and no. Maybe. No. That's not a terrible idea. No, actually, it is kind of terrible. Because if you go on the air and tell everybody that I stole your idea, which, which I did, did. <laughs> everyone's going to think you're a sore loser, a goody-goody nerd. Because you know what people don't care about? They don't care about whose idea was first. They care about whose idea was best. Well, let's say that that was our plan, which mm -hmm. it isn't. Okay. What would you do instead? Oh, <laughs> Leslie. I really shouldn't give you campaign advice. Oh, right. Yeah, what the hell. If you love chess, which I do, but you don't have anybody to play against, which I don't, then sometimes you just got to play yourself. You could attack the Newport plan for costing too much money. No, but that would backfire because then we would just say you can never spend too much on seniors. Of course. You need to beat our idea. Come up with something better. I don't know, maybe a free shuttle service for seniors. I think that could work. Wow. Waffles and a cappuccino. Ooh. Gracias, Marta. JJ's doesn't have a cappuccino maker. Oh, it does now. I bought him one. Of course you did. <laughs> you know, it's interesting to hear that what's about to happen is Leslie's fault, I think, because Jennifer actually ended on an idea that Leslie maybe could have used. Now, she may have been prepared to counter that idea and say how bad it was, mm -hmm. but Leslie didn't use it. She actually goes, is about to do the things that she shouldn't have done and was warned against doing in the first place. So yeah. I kind of blame what happens next on her. Yeah, she uh, she kind of spilled the beans there and then she used those same beans and- yeah. Use some different beans, Leslie. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jennifer actually gave her some good advice here. Maybe. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. As Leslie prepares to counterattack on Purge Show, it turns out that Jennifer Barkley's free advice might actually come at a cost. So we see Leslie and Ben at a, I don't know which TV station this is. It's it's the Purge TV station. It's the Purge. It's the Purge TV. Why not? It's the Purge Network. <laughs> it's the QVP. I love it. Purge. Um, Leslie is getting ready to go on the final word with Purd. And Ben is somewhat upset, I think, that Leslie went to talk to Jennifer without him and yeah. says, you know what? Yeah, I don't know. You should you should probably not take advice from your opponent's yeah. campaign manager because her plan would never work unless Jennifer thinks that their plan would work and, and wants to trick them into using her plan. Uh-oh. Jennifer's in their heads. Yes, she is. So Ben apologizes and simply says, she's better at this than I am. And Leslie assures him that reassures him that there's no one else that she'd rather have on her side, which is kind of sweet. And they're both right. I mean, yes, I think, you know, but boy, is she in their head like they're second guessing every single move at this point. So yep. if that was her goal, mission accomplished. Yep. I yep. agree. Absolutely. Well, in Ron's office, we learned that Ron thinks he has a solution to the bigger issue of Leslie's absence, but then soon learns that it might not be what he thought. 
So yeah, Ron and Anne are sitting on this historical bench uh, in his office, <laughs> and they're both like they're both looking forward, and they have their hands clasped, and it even seems there are several seconds of silence while they sit there awkwardly. And Ron's looks like Ron's kind of zen or smiling or something. Like I can't get a read on what's about to happen. Yeah, and finally he tells Anne. I'd like to talk to you about your future and and because he's impressed with uh, her leadership because yeah. on account of she solved the water problem, yeah. problem. And April said it was Anne's plan. And Anne tells Ron, no, actually, I didn't solve that problem. It was April. And you know what? If you're looking for someone to help fill in for Leslie, April's a pain in the ass, but she's clearly the answer. And Ron kind of gets contemplative for a second. Says, well, perhaps you're right. And then he reaches down and he gets a book from from beside the bench and he opens it up and he just starts reading and several seconds pass. And Anne finally kind of looks over at him uncertainly and says, should I go? Oh, you're still here? Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay. So she just gets up and leaves Ron reading on his historical bench. Ron always says he's not one for goodbyes, Mark. I guess not. Yeah. Well, over... On final word with Purd, Leslie's plan goes from bad to slightly better and then pretty good and then back to bad again. Oh, holy cow. Um, we see the show starting. Leslie sitting on the left, Jennifer sitting on the right, and Purd sitting between them in the center. Oh, this is a great one. Let's have Harvey play this clip, please. I like it. Let's begin the show by starting it. Now, <laughs> Leslie, you claim the Newport campaign stole one of your ideas. Well, uh, they did. They stole our idea. We were working on the Ramp Up Pawnee initiative for many weeks. Oh, heard. This is politics as usual. The fact is, Bobby Newport's plan is better for seniors, better for Pawnee. Well, our plan is more practical and it's cheaper. There she goes again, Purd. <laughs> I don't know where she went the first time. Bobby Newport cares about better, not cheaper, for our seniors. And our flash poll seems to agree. Some 78% of those we surveyed prefer the Newport plan to the no plan. This is why Ned Jones has endorsed us. Let's get back on track. I just think our opposition is losing sight of what all this is about. What this is about is Pawnee, and that is what I care about. Mm. What Bobby Newport cares about is romping around on some beach in Spain with the floozy. Excuse me? Oh, maybe you hadn't heard of it. It wasn't in the New York Times or Le Monde, <laughs> which is what she reads. It was in the Pawnee papers. Bobby Newport's personal life is neither here nor there. It's certainly not here. And I think Pawneeans deserve a city councilor who stays in the city, like I do. Good point. Well... We were going to keep this a secret until we had everything in writing, but Bobby Newport is trying to convince a major European company to open a factory in Pawnee. Ooh. And that woman that he is with is an anti-landmine advocate. <laughs> I didn't realize that you were pro-landmine. Mm -hmm. I am not here to declare a winner, but Jennifer is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to move on to our next segment, which is a commercial. <laughs> Oh, Bird, God, Bird, I Bird. love Bird. I love Bird, yeah. There there are two things about that scene that may not have come across in the audio. Um, one is that when Bird first asks her, oh, Leslie, you claim the Newport campaign stole one of your ideas. Leslie glance meaning, glances meaningfully at Jennifer and Jennifer kind of like glances at her back like, mm -hmm. I'm warning you. Yeah. I, you, you know I'm going to counter you, but I mean, what are you going to do? I just thought that was a little interesting exchange because it wasn't even heated. No. It was just like, like okay, we can do this, you know? And, and I wonder who fed Purd the topic or the question. You know what I mean? Like if Leslie had just said, you know what? That's not important. What's important is 
almost insert anything here. It would have been better than what she actually did. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. The other thing that maybe didn't come across is as they're talking and Jennifer's like, well, you can see the Sweetums poll. Everyone likes Bobby Newport's plan. And that's why Ned Jones has endorsed us. And while yeah. she's, you know, pounding Leslie with these facts, yeah. Ben is urgently uh, motioning towards a copy yeah, of the, the Pawnee Sun yeah. tabloid that yeah. he's holding, which has headlines referring to Bobby Newport in Spain with some, you know, floozy. And that's like he's trying to get Leslie. Caliente. Attention. And that's <laughs> that's I think where she obviously gets the idea. It's like, OK, yeah. let's try this. Let's yeah. try a change of attack. And it, it was almost perfect. worked. It was really good there for a minute. I thought they were going to swing it. Yep. Yeah. But then, you know, something happened. Yeah. We'll, we'll call it a bald face lie. We'll see in a second. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, following the disaster on the final word with Purd, Leslie and Ben stopped by Pints and Ales. That's one of my favorite uh, bars there in Pawnee, Mark, uh, to drink some Pints and Ales and uh, get away from Jennifer Barkley for a little while anyway. Is that really the name or is that an Alan yeah. Nope, it is. Look over their shoulders uh, once once uh, Jennifer comes in and they take that shot, that two shot of Ben and Leslie. There's a sign on the wall, Pints and Ales. Oh, see, now I didn't know if that was the name of the place or if that was just like, That's hey, the the th place. these are the things you can order. It's got like a little logo and stuff. I think it's the name of the place. I thought maybe it was like a very, very simple menu <laughs> just up on the wall. But you know what? I kind of like that. You, you made like, look, we're not going to get that's a Ron Swanson thing. Like, it really the, is. The pints yeah. or ales. And, and or I ales. don't want to hear yeah. nothing from all this fancy fruit fruit <laughs> stuff. Um, it's nearly like line yeah, dancing. It goes now. with burgers and dogs. That's it. Four items. So, yeah, Ben and Leslie are now at. Pints and ales. Yeah. I like it. And they're they're sitting at a bar table and they're nursing drinks and they are venting to each other about Jennifer. And they are stunned at how thoroughly she has kicked and continues <laughs> to kick their asses. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Hurricane Jennifer cheerfully walks up to them. Guys, hi. Oh and congratulates them. But again, genuinely, like yeah. not not evil, not no, twirling like, the mustache or anything not and not smart. She's like, you really stepped up your game. You she was did. kind of impressed. You, you, she was. Yeah. And she, you almost got me. And and Leslie made his comment like, well, if it hadn't been for Bobby Newport getting those freaking companies to build a factory, I think <laughs> I would have got you. And she's like, what? And said, oh, that thing on the show? Oh, no, that was mostly made up. Don't challenge me on that. That will backfire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then Jennifer tells them to enjoy their dinner and then she she takes care of the bill and then she cheerfully walks away. And then Leslie and Ben immediately ask for another round. Well, hell yeah. Yes. I get four more rounds if I were them. She's oh, paying yeah. the bill. You, you get an idea for how depressed that Leslie is. Her opening remark of the scene is I am going to get drunk <laughs> then. I'm going to order a, a three course meal where each course is made of dessert. <laughs> That's Mark, brilliant. I've had that day. Ah, I've had that day. I've yeah. been to that restaurant. <laughs> that day is usually called Monday for me. <laughs> Sometimes it's a Tuesday or a Wednesday. You just never know. Oh, Sometimes a Thursday and a Friday. I mean, it could be any day, really. You and Kathy, you both yeah. hate Mondays. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love Kathy. Yeah. Well, Mark, actually, believe it or not, at this point, all that's left is the kicker. And it's shocking because at this point, normally, you know, there, there's seasonal arcs. Mm -hmm. and there's kind of like half. We've even seen half season arcs in season three, if you think about it. Right. And then there's obviously an episode arc. Mm -hmm. This one stands out to me as one where they really just left it hanging a lot more than they usually do. And I thought that was interesting. I did, too. I bet you're going to say something about that later. I bet I are, too. <laughs> 
Well, in the kicker, Mark, April finally comes to terms with the benefits of a job well done, and she's now regretting it. Yep. You know what the reward for a job well done is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. You get hired. By it's not worth company. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's no damn good. No. OK. Anyway. It, no, we we jest. All right. So they're at City Hall and Ron approaches April at her desk. This is this is a really nice moment. Alan, let's have Harvey play us out. All right. I think he's got one more in him. Let's see. Yup. Nice job on the water fountain. It wasn't me. Don't deny it. I know it wasn't the nurse. I'm asking you to step up. Not replacing Leslie, just picking up some slack. I don't want to do things. I want to not do things. Just like you taught me. And I taught you well. But I don't like watching you wasting your brain. And you're too smart to stay my assistant here forever. I'd rather you start a business or use your hands to farm. But right now the department needs you. Please. No. Okay, but only because you begged. <laughs> Good girl. Chris Trekker. This is Ron Swanson. April's gonna take over some of Leslie's responsibilities. Excellent. I have been a fan of April since day one. I told. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they share a grin. I love it. Fade to black. Yeah. No better bonding moment than hanging up on Chris. Oh, I know. I love it. Well, hey, Mark, you know what? Uh, I think it's time for our next segment now Ooh. that we've wrapped up the episode, yeah. which is a commercial. Oh, excellent. We'll be right back. Nice. Are you in the mood for heaping plates of outstanding breakfast food? If not, then I wish you a good day as I have nothing else to discuss with you and I, quite frankly, don't understand you. However, if the answer is yes, then JJ's Diner is the place for you. Hello. This is Ron Swanson, a staple for the citizens of Pawnee since its opening in 1976. JJ's Diner is owned by the great JJ Lipscomb and is located at 122 Sunderland between Tramp Stamp Tattoos and the Chlorotech Cadmium Refinery. Some have said that JJ's Diner is the meeting place for Pawnee's political elite. I don't know exactly what that means, and I still somehow hope that is inaccurate. However, I do know that JJ's Diner is open 24 hours a day, and that breakfast food is the only food I need at any of those 24 hours. My employee Leslie enjoys the waffles and whipped cream. I prefer large helpings of bacon and eggs, like most self-respecting people. Be sure to visit JJ's Diner often, preferably when I am not there. Tell them Ron sent you and receive a free JJ's Refrigerator Magnet with your order of the Ron Special, a heaping portion of bacon and eggs accompanied by a delicious side order of eggs and bacon, smothered in sausage and sausage gravy. Mmm. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, as we usually do, I'll talk about the deleted scenes briefly. We already mentioned a few of them. We right. had six minutes and 33 seconds. I think there were nine scenes. They're and, pretty good. Uh, yeah. And, and most of them were actually pretty good this week. This is this is a keeper week for me. I could definitely see them making a supersized episode out of yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a little bit of uh, more of the, the scene where when Ron comes in 
uh, Ron and Chris come in rather to talk to the team about what they're contributing. You know, there's a little bit of Donna time there and some Jerry time and then April being a little goofy. And, right. you know, so so some of the the cast, you know, it probably added a little screen time for them. That would have been nice, I think. Right. Um, you know, Ron says this is the fourth time he's ever going to say this please. So I love that little sequence. There are quite a few there. Yeah. And my favorite though, by, by far was they've interviewed several candidates and they're looking at resumes and they, the last woman is a, your name is Tamara. Mm. Yeah. But I go by Tammy. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they tear it's a resume up. up. Yep, Done. Yep. Yeah. No Tammy's. So if you have the DVDs, check those out. And I think they're worth a look for sure this week. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Mark, how about tropes first and fun facts? So I had a couple of each this week. How about you? I had uh, uh, a lot of nothing here. Okay. Let, let's see what I can do. Here. Sure. For first, I came up with three. Okay. Um, we were introduced to uh, the wonderful Jennifer Barkley. Yep. Got played that. Played by Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Uh, we were introduced to the final word with Purd. Yeah. And I think we also, for the first time, learned that Purd's full proper name is Purderick L. Happley. Yeah. I had the same ones. Cool. Good catch. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, for tropes, I had fun with names. Yep, me too. Um, I had uh, Ben mugs to the camera oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Also had Anne mugs to the camera. Ron on several occasions yeah. kind of made her go toink. Yeah. <laughs> like, is he for real? I did. Um, I had a punching bag Jerry. Not only because Andy just completely dismissed his little cage idea, <laughs> but because Donna was just fire hosing him oh, out yeah. in the in the yeah. courtyard. Yeah. Um. I had sweet, stupid Andy uh, for, yeah, sure. for a number of reasons. That can yeah. almost always fit. But, yeah. but in particular, I love his water balloon kamikaze. I mean, <laughs> that's Dwyer genius right there. He really was. He he really enjoyed that, too. And I know, that, Alan, you had started way back at the beginning of the podcast, something called Leslie Ann compliments. And there wasn't yeah. any that I remember in this one. But I think we need to start one called Leslie Ben compliments. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. For everyone she didn't say to Anne, she said two to Ben this week. I think that, yeah. that Ben was her surrogate Anne in that respect. <laughs> well, they didn't get to work together this week. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. How about you? Um, I had, you know, ongoing trope as JJ's is Leslie's place of power, right? That's so, true. Yeah. Yep. Uh, although she lost a little bit of ground there this week. She'll catch it up again later, though. Um, I, I also had punching back Jerry. Um, April hates Anne. You know, because mm-hmm. her little triumph is she, you want the store open or close? Oh, I know. Yes. So that was a funny scene. And uh, Leslie loves Joe Biden. Is my oh, trope. that's a great one. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't to- think I could do better. Wave. <laughs> 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 uh, he was vice president at the time. So, uh-huh. yeah, that was her uh, her her celebrity sex crush. Now he's one better. I think you upped one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Good yeah. job. There was some stuff that happened in the middle too, sure. apparently. And then I had also fun with names. That's a good one. Yeah, there's a couple of them in this episode. So, yo, um, I did not clock any goofs this week. Did I you? didn't either. Yeah, no, no. I had a couple of fun facts. Um, one I stole from the internet, but another one I, I think is mine, originally mine. Oh, go for it. Yeah. So um, the 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 fan theory, and I believe I can prove this to be true, is that when Ron is reading the book on the bench. It is a copy of Paddle Your Own Canoe by one Nick Offerman. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. And if you look, you can, the book is curved pretty hard, but you can see the PA from Paddle mm-hmm. and the C from Canoe and the color scheme matches. I own the book. So I looked at it. I looked at the screen. I looked at the book. I looked at the screen and I concluded that that is correct. Very nice. Yeah. 
the paperback version, of course. Yeah. Um, but the one I clocked myself was that the, the if you look at the set of uh, Last Word with Purr, mm -hmm. the, the building in the background, you know, it looks like, kind of like a White House, you know, Congress, you know. It's actually the Pawnee City Hall building, which is, of course, the City Hall building of Pasadena, California. Wow. It, and it's a full shot of it and, it and all of its domed glory. That's pretty cool. Yeah, kind of neat. Well, I had I had um, three things I wanted to share. Okay. Um, beyond that, the years are good. Um, remember how I, I was talking about the the Anne's talking head and there were those people in the background that were like- Yeah, yeah. Tell me. I've been waiting to hear this. Well- Alan, you and I are, are fans of uh, the show Chuck. Oh, sure. Well, there's a, a certain a totally realistic, silent, show. creepy Bymore employee named Fernando, who's played by Jesse Hyman, yeah. a very busy and memorable professional extra who spent uh, five years on Chuck. I mean, I think he was yeah. there in the background all the time. All the time. And so he's kind of like that that kind of pudgy, nerdy guy with like the the the, uh, the 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 red cheeks there. Yeah. And he just goes, he does great at being sort of <laughs> creepy. But he's good. He's yeah. very good. But he did the water fountain thing. He did. Yeah. And then some. <laughs> um, I, uh, I also thought it was worth mentioning that, you know, we've talked about the great uh, Carl Reiner oh, um, yeah. at 89 years old. When this was was uh, shown, this mm -hmm. makes him the oldest actor in the series with a speaking part. Wow. It's bar none. Um, Catherine Hahn worked previously with Adam Scott in 2008 on the film Step Brothers. Oh, yeah. Great movie. And woodwork with not woodworking, but yeah. wood work with Nick Offerman mm. in 2013 on We're the Millers. Interesting. Yeah. I never saw We're the Millers. Did you see it? Yeah, it was it was okay. It Let's was pretty it funny. Out. It's got yeah. Jason Sudeikis. Oh yeah. Well there you go. And that that one from Friends. You know that 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 one woman. I thought you meant Matt LeBlanc. Oh he would be good. He would be good. <laughs> How you doing? Talking about Jennifer Aniston? Oh her. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That one. That one. Yeah. The She's still around. Yeah, she that that she's going to make it. She's terrific on the morning show, by the way. If you ever watch that on Apple, mm -mm. really, really good. Huh. Steve Carell was in it, too. It was hard to watch him in it because not because he was bad, but because his character was not a good person. But uh, oh, that's a That's a good series. I like that series. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Well, nice job, Mark. Good job on the fun facts there. Um, and of course, there's no commentary this week, so we didn't really have anything to add there because we had a standard standard cut instead of a producer's That's cut. That's right. So, all right. Well, let's do this. Let's get into the score. So, Alan, I, I wanted to ask you something before we start the score. Yeah. I was just curious, like, during your time here on this planet, like the 70 or 80 years or whatever, oh uh, like, ha have you ever witnessed someone commit a, a, a water fountain faux pas like seemingly all a Pawnee does, like engulfing the entire thing with their mouth. I've never mouth. seen anybody put their whole mouth over it, but I've seen them get way too close for my comfort. I see. I, I'm in the same boat. I almost I, lick it. I've never seen them go oh, yeah. just engulf it, but I can't count the number of times that I've seen people absolutely mash their Face their faces in, yeah. into the water fountain spout. So see, I I have this thing with teeth. Like I, I broke my teeth a couple times oh. and I like, I wake I have nightmares about it. It's oh. a thing. Again, the therapy couch stuff here, but I can't literally imagine opening my, 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 my mall enough. First of all, it's kind of small, but opening it, like unhinging my jaw, putting my whole face Just hole practice. over it's the, like a snake. It's yeah, fine. It's, it's not right. Um, <laughs> But, but just because it like it'd be metal in your teeth and like, uh, like not nah, forget the germs. It's dangerous. Yeah. Because then if someone went twink. Oh, 
That's it. I can't take it. Uh, therapy, uh, therapy, please, please. Oh God. Cease and desist. Uh, no, I just like. I can't see that. Honestly, this is one of those things that I've never literally Ann Perkins seen someone do that. No. But I've seen people do things that come close so enough close. that I looked at it and went, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not much else around. Okay. I get it. Yeah. So on to the scoring. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mark, did you pick an MVP this week? I certainly did. Okay, good. What will happen? Oh, I'll tell you. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, um, Catherine Hahn. That's my MVP. Love it. Jennifer Barclay. Great choice. Um, my, my reasoning, she's freaking fantastic. She's I mean, just, just, yeah. She's good in everything. She's a, Jennifer Barkley is a great antagonist. Yeah. She's a fascinating character. She's super smart. She's yeah. charming. She's likable. She holds no grudges. She yeah. actually likes Leslie and Ben. She's genuinely complimentary towards them. It's And, and it's hard to think of her as I don't think they painted her as evil. Not really. I mean, it's hard to think of her like that. She's straightforward. She's unapologetic about trying to win at all costs. She didn't care about Pawnee politics. She actually dislikes Bobby Newport. She (laughs) thinks he's an idiot. I I think if this is my opinion, you keep me honest here, Alan. I think this is really the first time ever that our passionate, hyper-competent Leslie, who, by the way, has earned many tropes on this podcast as superhuman Leslie. Yeah. And for good reason. This is the first time that she's actually struggled a bit against someone that is just out and out better and smarter than Leslie and Ben combined. She got out Leslie'd. A foe so talented, she started to help Leslie a little bit yeah. just, just to keep things interesting. Yeah. Because you've seen Leslie struggle against like, you know, how we have our list of Leslie antagonists. Oh, yeah. sure. But a lot of times it's just because they have a greater position of power. It's That's not true. that they're smarter than she is. Yeah. Jennifer is Good. That's true. Um, Jennifer is basically, she's all of Leslie's drive and ambition with none of her ethics or decency. You know? That's a great summation. Yikes. It really is. And, and yeah. I love, I God knows I love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is great oh, he's as Bobby sure. Newport. Yeah. But from a plot perspective, I feel like Bobby Newport's too much of a buffoon to really go, oh crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like they kind of, like, I didn't feel like he he held a real threat, but now they're up against it. Like the stakes I, have been raised. They have. And I, I love that they paired her and her cunningness with Bobby and his emptiness. It's very real world in that way. Yeah. And it works. You you almost need somebody that extremely good to go with someone that extremely stupid. Yeah. Otherwise, them winning seems like very improbable. And of course, it's a sitcom and we're supposed to, you know, forgive all that. But at the same time, if it's also just a little bit realistic, it's more enjoyable. Yeah. I, I like to call that uh, the, the the sock puppet syndrome. Yeah. Where you just, yep. it doesn't matter. But anyways, yeah, you need someone strong and with a good, to re- just reach up and to just get it, talk get up to, in there. Yeah. the thing. Yeah. Where it's just empty up there because there's plenty of room for your hand. So yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I like Leslie in this underdog role. I, I feel like it makes more of a satisfying hero's journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? If she's um, always perfect, right? We right. Don't, we don't want first season Leslie, but we want Leslie kind of occasionally making a mistake, well, giving her someplace to go. I want to see her challenged and working. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I like yeah. That better. And, yeah. And, you know, you brought up something that I really liked, Alan. Uh, some people may not like that a sitcom of all things gave the audience plot anxiety without catharsis. But mm. I actually really like the cliffhanger style ending. I, I, I mean, too. how in the world? What will happen? How know, in the right? world will Leslie and Ben beat the unbeatable yeah. foe? They are Don Quixote and Jennifer Barkley's The Windmill. <laughs> it, it, I like it. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, 
so a few additional notes. I thought this was one of the rare times I mentioned this where it showcased Anne in some sort of authoritative leadership role. I like how she kind of stood up to April and it was like, you more than and I was like, yeah, go. I kind of like it. Also, if I recall correctly, like I think we could go all the way back to season two with this. I don't think that Leslie tr- historically has ever won against the Newports. I don't mm. think that's ever happened. Interesting. I think you're right. I'm not saying foreshadowing or anything. I'm just no. saying just historically speaking, I think that that's true. Um I was thinking to myself also during all of this, like, oh, Jennifer, oh, you're so just, you're, how are they going to win? How are they, you know? And I thought, oh, if Leslie, what she should do, Alan, is she should have like a recording device or something yeah. and catch her. Because when she's like, oh, you know, I don't care about any of this. And she gets her Play on tape. That. that would be brilliant. It would. And then I thought, <laughs> isn't this a documentary? Oh, that's I, very interesting. Yeah, I think I'm onto something. I think you are. Yeah. I mean, they break the fourth wall, but that would really break the fourth wall for her to go rummaging through their their video. You know, I have no further point. I just thought it was an interesting. It's a fun idea to entertain, though. It is. It is. Um, On the good side, there's almost no Ann Tom. Very, very little. (sighs) I missed. I did not miss it. And yeah. what was there was a little bit funny because there just wasn't very much of it. Everything She's I'm like, wearing Shut is up, dummy. Everything I'm wearing is suede. Okay. That's good little snippets. That was funny. Uh, that was funny. That, that was, was funny, funny, Tom. That really was. I stomach the relationship so much better when it's not shoved in my face and it's just in little little drips and drops. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. I love the little almost father-daughter moment at the end there with Ron and April yeah. saying, you're too smart to be stuck here. Yeah. Like, he's pretty proud of her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I thought it was decent use of the comedic bench. I mean, as always, I guess I could give you a little bit more Donna and Jerry, but I felt like it just felt like everyone was involved. I just yeah. had that vibe to it. You know what I mean? That one deleted scene or sequence of scenes, had small more. scenes, had a little more. And if that were in there, I think you would have felt even more satisfied. Um, like you I, had a Snickers bar. I love there's just so many great moments. I mean, now just I to, want a Snickers bar. I do, too. Stop <laughs> it. I, 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 I don't want to do things. I want to not do things like you taught me. Brilliant. So good. Um. I think we can hold off on feeling the Leslie Boyd. I think Ben's already feeling the Leslie Boyd. Hey, Purd <laughs> cracking up at the image of a foot in one's mouth. Oh um, the poll from the start of the show being sponsored by Sweetums. I love it. I love the little details that you I catch. I rewound the events. tape, Mark, and I saw it. Isn't that great? It's great. Um, putting one's mouth over the water spout. I mean, how is that just not funny in and of itself? <laughs> um, I, I loved Carl Reiner's uh, story because he's talking about his brother and he lost a third of his body, the middle third. The middle so third. think on that for a second. So and yet he was able to remain a good looking young flat man. <laughs> That's funny stuff. Um, I love Leslie coming up with compliment after compliment about Ben's slight but powerful frame, oh. like a sexy elf king. Yikes. What? Six-year-old Ron, which calf am I going to slaughter? Both of them, and they're delicious. delicious. <laughs> which, in another in another uh, uh, context, might be borderline creepy. I just thought it was funny. It would traumatize most six-year-olds, but not oh, a yeah. Swanson. No, no, no. Um, just so much. Anyway, all right. On to the crazy Mark rubric. Yeah. <sighs> Alan, I had to figure out if I was going to do what I think I'm going to do, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Has it been a minute since you've done what you're about to do? I don't know. What are you going to do, Mark? I, I actually forgot. So let's just see what I'm going to do. <laughs> what will happen? Um, no, I actually, I, I had an idea of, as far as what I wanted to do. And I thought this could be it. This could be where you and I differ. 
Okay. Maybe because we don't share notes. No. So, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do it and I'm going to just put my neck out here. So here we go. Base score five. I thought it was extremely good stories. I I thought the B story was hilarious and I like the A story even better. I I love that they had a legit cliffhanger. I like that they had us worried plot wise about how the good guys are going to win. I thought the B story was outrageous over the top. I think very funny while it had some heartfelt moments as well. Five. I, I loved it. Maybe personal slant. I'm sticking with it. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, I'm going to give a half point for a fantastic freaking job by episode MVP. Catherine Hanna is Jennifer Barkley. I'm going to give another half point for what I thought were really good, effective jobs done by Amy Poehler and Adam Scott. I yeah. feel like they really complemented each other and Catherine Hahn well. Um, they played their scenes very well. And I'm going to give half a point for beyond Catherine Hahn, nice guest stars, including the great Carl Reiner. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Catch. And yeah. Jay Jackson in perhaps one of the best purred episodes purr I've episode. seen to yeah. date, maybe in the series. He just called really? it a purred episode. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So funny. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I thought was good use of the comedic bench. I'm going to give um, here are my cheater combos. I'm going to give um, half a point for the le- what I call the Leslie combo, which is Leslie coming up with compliment after compliment about Ben's slight but powerful frame, plus her nervous giggling about Joe Biden being on her celebrity oh sex. Gosh. I mean, being her being celebrity sex. Yeah. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Ron combo. Hello, Ann Perkins. That's the first time you said my name correctly. Nonsense. We are close friends. <laughs> that just cracks me up. And then the six-year-old Ron and the two calves. That is just so Swanson. I love it. Love it. Love it. And they were delicious. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Ann-Tom combo of all things. Wow. You got Ann's take charge moment in the spotlight, which yeah. really stood out to me a little bit. I yeah. liked it, including her standing up to April. And I love Tom yelling over and over, everything I'm wearing is suede. See, in the right light, he can be funny. That's true. Um, I'm going to give half a point for something I've often done. I'm going to call it the bookend combo, an effective cold open, Mm. which establishes Leslie as making some real headway towards challenging Bobby Newport and giving us hope that it could actually happen. And then at the the kicker, uh, when Ron's father-daughter moment played out with April, I I really, really like that. and I'm going to give one more half point for the whole Cirque du Soleil water fight scene, <laughs> including Ron shouting for attention and Andy's kamikaze water balloon vest. So good. <laughs> so, Alan, you add all those up. It's a lot of points. 9.5. Wow. In the past, I've talked about, you know, I've talked about my two yardstick approach to scoring where like one yardstick is the haha, the funny. Sure. And then the other yardstick yeah. is like the heart heartfelt moments sure this episode made me realize i need to involve a third yardstick for plot because Mm. typically typically sitcoms don't make multi-episode story arcs we've talked about this that like at least not as their bread and butter you know but this gave me some much needed excitement in the political world of pawnee and it is once again like i'm really engaged in this and i'm really rooting for leslie the underdog and that's that's something like that's noteworthy so that's my review. 9.5. Pretty sweet sauce in there, Ace. Oh, my God. What you got, Alan? All right. <clears throat> so here's how you're wrong. Oh, boy. No. Um, first of all, here's how you're right. Uh, MVP, Jennifer Barkley, Catherine Hahn. Done. Yay. Yeah. Yay. I win. I mean, come on. How do you not give it to her in this episode? 
she's everything you said. I mean, and Catherine Hahn's a terrific actress and everything yes. she does. And, um, you know, I won't say she started here because obviously she hadn't. You look at her resume, she'd had plenty of work before this. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, for me, it's definitely when I started to recognize her and go, oh, I like her. I agree. You know I mean, I agree. And it wasn't just because I like this show, but I think this show, because the character was written so well and was so engaging. What a good and, platform for her. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think so. I, I bet if we got a chance to talk to her, which we won't, but if we did, I bet that she would say that this show helped her. You know, hmm. I, I really think she would say that. I would be shocked if she did not say that. I fact. think you're right. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll try. We always try. But, um, you know, beyond that, I felt like generally I liked both storylines. I thought they were both very strong. Um, they flirted with a third storyline a little bit. You know what I mean? The 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 Ron Chris thing. While that's definitely part of the whole, um, you know, are you going to replace Leslie with an assistant director storyline? There were just some tangentials that felt a little like a half storyline. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and so I, I felt like they weren't bad, but they maybe for me were a little distracting. And um, I actually I enjoyed the water fight, especially the end of it, the kamikaze thing. I, I have to I <laughs> that's have to genius. laugh at that. But I, I, I don't know. It, it didn't love it. Like really? it bothered me a little bit. I don't know why. The, Just too goofy, I guess. Oh. I know. I know. I don't know what's wrong Friendship with me. Friendship over. I know. <laughs> it, it's it's my fault. It's me today. It's not you, Mark. Did, it's did, me. Did, did you? Did, let me ask you this. Did you think that the whole storyline was so goofy? No, no, no. Or just no, no. the, 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 just Cirque the fact scene. that it escalated to that level of ridiculousness. I, I enjoyed watching it. I, I thought it was the funny. It, but, but I yeah, get what you're saying. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I, I got to play the other the other side or flip the coin over and talk about the other side of it. So um, is this what it's like to get old and lose your sense of humor? <laughs> Are we seeing this on air? Oh my God. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm afraid you, you've, you've struck pay dirt. Oh. Uh, I, I could do a whole episode just Carl Reiner, honestly. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he's yeah. so good. Uh, one of his deleted scenes went a little blue, but, you know, uh, that's not unusual for him, actually. If you watch even some of the stuff, you know, back in the day. So, right. But um, doesn't play as well today. But, no. Yeah. So, But the deleted scenes, I think, were good. And I, I think that left a mark on me a little bit. I think here, and again, I know we got the stupid twenty-one thirty. I just wish that. Were you disappointed in their 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 yeah. choice of what they left in versus what they didn't? No, because I couldn't look at any one thing and say take that out and put this in instead. Mm. I just thought some of them were so good that you needed I think to make with a super them, size it would have been a nine and a half for me as well. Really? Yeah, absolutely. But without them, I felt like it just had some weak spots and dragged a little bit. And I felt like- Interesting. You know, what thing that bothered me, honestly, mm. was pathetic Ben. Like, you know, and I didn't trope that because I, I don't want it to be a trope. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of it. I'd say Ben loses confidence could be a trope because that does happen a few times. But he just got so down on himself so quickly for a guy who came in kind of hot and cocky in the beginning, mm -hmm. I feel like it's a little bit, and I think it's it's rooted in the fact that he wants to do really well for Leslie. So that part of me, when I think of it through that lens, like I can kind of believe it. But I feel like he just gave up a little too quickly in the light of Jennifer outwitting them. And I would have liked to have seen them write that just slightly differently, more to the humor than to the, you know, I'm just going to walk out of here and melt out of the room. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt a little out of character for Ben. So I think for me, that bothered me too. And there were just some moments that just didn't add up. And at the end, I loved the episode. I, I, I think, it, you know, we, 
we had a really bad score a couple of weeks ago. We were down like seven and a half. Um, for me, this, you know, I, I went back and forth between an eight and a half and a nine. I ultimately landed on the eight and a half. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. All right. Again, we've never been a whole point more than a whole point apart. Right. But we're a whole point apart this week. No, I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I think I also have the benefit of knowing where the show is going to go. Sure. So I, 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 what really stood out to me, and I know I've already said this, but just it's, it, it made me interested in the sense of like, oh crap, what's, what's going to happen? I can't like, yeah, it's the first time, maybe not the first time, but it's, it's one of the rare times when wa- watching Parks and Rec, not only did I enjoy it, but I went, I can't wait to see the next episode for what yeah, happens. It did. It and did there's something that well. to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I think we saw it a little bit in season three. Uh, with with the Harvest Festival, right? They built up to that. I don't know that even though I liked Harvest Festival and that outcome, it was in the middle of the season. The the you know the crescendo was, which was weird. And I don't know that they did the cliffhanger like, ooh, what's going to happen mm-hmm. as well as they did here. See, that's what I was going to say. It was a multi episode arc. They they built up to it where you knew it was going to happen, but you never had one episode go. <gasps> And then go, well, what's going to happen next yeah. episode? And yeah. I thought they did that really well here. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is that they you have to face Jeopardy for that to happen, right? You've mm-hmm. got to hit, hit adversity in your hero's journey. Well, they did that in the episode itself where they actually had the Harvest Festival. So, you know, you have your concern and your resolution all in one episode. Right. Here, they're letting us get a little concern and leave us hanging. So it's a different approach to it. I think maybe a slightly more effective one. Well, it, it, as long as it doesn't backfire, cough, cough, X-Files, you know, they, you, wow. you got you to gotta explain stuff. Yeah. You can't just go, here's a lamp. It's going to attack you. The end. Like, don't yeah. do that. Uh, Chris Carter Chris will no Carter. longer return my calls Son or my emails. Hum. So, you know, just what are saying. you going to do? Starlight. I hate everything. Okay. <laughs> Stephen King. He can't end a book. But oh I God. love his writing, though. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, we have we have gotten off the path. Um, I, I like this episode. I, I just do have to say that I really liked it. I really like her, Jennifer Barclay's character. I think it's maybe the most in, inventive character we've seen in really not ever, but in a while. I, I'll go one step further. I think that of all of the. Leslie has had some very funny Leslie antagonists. Yeah. I think she's got to be my favorite though, in terms of just being, she's, she's intimidating for all the right reasons, not because she's born to power. Although, I mean, she, I guess she is pretty powerful because she's so smart. And I understand what you mean by that. And I agree with it, except for one exception, Hmm. right. And her nemesis list of nemesis. Kytus, mm. you know, because that's not a power thing. That that's more again outwitting, right? Which is kind of what's going on here. So I I like the you know, uh, you know the great Cody Klopp, you know, as uh, Greg Pakaitis. I agree, um, ladies and gentlemen. I hate to admit when Alan's right because he gets his ego all. You can't his ego can't fit through the door. But you know what? Yeah. You're you're exactly yeah. right. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. I and it's for a similar reason. It's not it because is. he's more powerful. It's because he's he in many ways outwitted. Yeah, that's that's very true. And I like that. I like that yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, especially the the whole thing where he's hiding in the dumpster and anyway, all that. Brilliant. So it was brilliant. But I will say here what's interesting too is that we've talked about having the nemesis episode, right? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we yeah. Can, we haven't done that yet. I no. think we should do that. Here. I do too. Yeah, this, and this is new fuel for the fire. Oh, is it ever? I will say that there is another Parks and Recreation podcast out there who just did a Leslie nemesis episode a while back. Huh? 
<laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh I mean, my gosh. I'm not saying we invented the idea and that they copied it or anything, but oh you know, God. you know. See, now we feel like sore losers, just like Leslie would have if she had said, but it was our idea first. Our idea is better. It's cheaper. It's more effective. It's more effective. You don't have to pay us as much. <laughs> and well, nice wow. job on the episode this week, Mark. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next week. We've got episode 18 yep. of season four, which is Lucky. Lucky. And uh, has the great guest star, Sean Hayes. Yep. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. We'll see how well they uh, continue this thread, wrap it up, or push it forward. Yeah. It's got some pretty sweet sauce in there, eh, Ace? <laughs> oh, my God. You're really trying to sell that to me today. I really am. Yeah. No. No. Fine. No. Okay. All right. All right. Shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, this week, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of The Creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Well, Mark, we we opened the main episode at the Pawnee Senior Center, sir. Let's do that again. Well, Mark, we opened the main episode at the Pawnee Senior Center, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with me? I can't get this right. Let me try this one more time. Beep.